Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s. And it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962, and began speaking these life study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now let's join today's program. Through Moses and his brother Aaron, God established the priesthood in Israel. These priests, all in the lineage of Aaron, continued for nearly 500 years. The final priest of the Aaronic priesthood was Eli, but by his time, the priesthood had become stale and had waned. God desired to move in a new and fresh way among His people. But to accomplish His move, He needed to turn the age and initiate a new priesthood. And raise up prophets in Israel, and even establish the kingship, which would pave the way for Christ to be brought forth. The one that God chose at that time for this major turn in His move was the young boy Samuel. Samuel became the first among a new priesthood, and he also became the first prophet of Israel, and he ushered in the kingship by establishing David to be both a king, and to be the ancestor of the coming Christ. Ed Marks has joined us for our fellowship again from the Book of First Samuel. Ed, really good to have you here. And I tell you, these messages we've had so far in First Samuel, it has really been established that this is a book that is profound and has a lot of application for us today, doesn't it? Yes, I feel this fellowship on First Samuel is very critical for God's people. And Chris, we need to aspire to be today's Samuels as the church、yeah. to become a corporate Samuel, because as you pointed out. Samuel was a person whom God used to turn the age. At his time, it was very, very degraded. In your introduction, you even used the word that the priesthood at that time had become stale.、Mm-hmm. We may have been Christians for a number of years, but do we have the newness of the Lord's presence? Are we receiving His speaking every day? Are we daily filled with the freshness of the Spirit? We need to pray, Lord, save me from ever becoming stale. I like to be fresh and new. In your presence, so that I can be part of a corporate group of people who can turn the age to the age of your kingdom and bring you back. So, in this broadcast, we will see what kind of person Samuel was, and then we need to pray that the Lord would constitute us into such persons. Ed, we、um, will hear this phrase by Witness Lee regarding Samuel that his person, his being, had become a photocopy of God's heart. He, like David, who、uh, was to follow him. Were ones that were really according to God's heart, and that made them quite outstanding in that degraded situation.、It、kind of fills you with the desire to pray that the Lord would make our heart such a heart, doesn't it? It does, Chris. And it's amazing that Samuel was the one that ushered in David,、yeah. and we know, like you said, David was a man according to God's heart. 
In the New Testament, it's remarkable. Paul prays that Christ would make his home in our heart. So we need to pray. This is Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. Be good to pray that prayer every day. Then our heart can become a duplication of God's heart. And we'll see that Samuel is such a person. All right, let's talk a little bit again about the background of uh, the situation now for those who haven't been following or don't know this story. Uh, As you pointed out, the situation had become very degraded. Eli was this priest, but not one who really was according to God's heart. And even though he himself was not as corrupt as others, he had sons who were very evil before the Lord, ones that despised the offering, even stole the offering for their own benefit. And Eli was passive and let them uh, get away with it, so to speak, without really rising up and defending the testimony. And of course, that compromised and undermined his priesthood completely. And so this was the situation where God had to move to bring in a new vessel to become the proper priest and even a new priesthood. Now, as we heard a day or two ago, one of the consequences was that Israel in this condition was not able to prevail in their battles. And in the battle against the Philistines, uh, they suffered tremendous losses. And one of their ideas was, well, in the past, of course, the Ark of the Covenant would always lead the way into battle. And when the Ark was there, we would always prevail. So they, on their own initiative, took the Ark out of the tabernacle and into battle. And of course, uh, the Lord was just not with them because this was not his initiation. It was an improper use, even a usurping of the ark. And the tragedy was not only were they defeated in battle, but the ark was taken captive by the Philistines and remained there for some time. Now we come to the time when Samuel is responsible for getting the ark returned to Israel in a proper way, though not yet back into the tabernacle. And we'll pick up the story at that point in chapter 7. And the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the Ark of Jehovah and brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill. And they consecrated Eliezer, his son, to keep the Ark of Jehovah. And all the house of Israel lamented after Jehovah. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you are returning with all your heart to Jehovah, Remove the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from your midst and direct your heart to Jehovah and serve only him, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel removed the Baals and the Ashtaroth and served only Jehovah. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to Jehovah for you. And as we'll hear in the words just ahead from Witness Lee, this was really a beautiful picture. We're seeing somewhat the peak of Samuel's ministry here, aren't we? These words, after all the degradation, are kind of a washing, aren't they, to hear this uh, good news? They are, Chris, and I like the way you ended this portion from 1 Samuel 7, 1 through 4. Samuel says, I will pray to Jehovah for you. Yeah. His prayer, like you said, brought in the peak of Israel's proper condition before Jehovah at this time. All right, let's join Witness Lee. We have come to the best portion of history. And this portion is Samuel's ministry. God's sovereignty has done so much over Samuel. So he was ready to be used by God to turn the age. If you read 1 Samuel 7, 1 to 4, you could see the picture here is very, very beautiful. You have a people returning to God. And you have one 
who was one with God on this earth. It is in this kind of situation Samuel, as in Nazareth, began to minister. As in Nazareth, consecrated God absolutely for God's fulfillment of his economy, a volunteer to replace any kind of official formal service. He was qualified. So he became firstly a priest. Chapter 2, verse 35 says, He was a priest set up and established by God himself. And he will be a perpetual priest to act on behalf of God on this earth, even to appoint the kings. Could you believe that King David was appointed, anointed by him? That means he was the establisher of the kings for the divine government on this earth. By this you could see how high he was in his qualification and capacity. Not only so, his whole being, his whole person, not just his doing, not just his living, not just his work, but his being. He was such a person, a being, according to God. He was a photo of God's heart. His thinking, thought, consideration, his whole mind is according to God's mind. Well, when we come to the New Testament, the New Testament does teach us to have the mind of Christ. Samuel, even the Old Testament time, was such a person. Here is a man he is absolutely the same as God's heart. So he became a generation changer to turn the whole age. Ed, it strikes me uh, listening to this, the reason that this was a beautiful picture in the uh, history of Samuel and his ministry was because what God was able to do when he finally had one that had his heart, and even as we heard him say here, was a duplicate of his heart. In what way was Samuel a duplicate or a copy or a photocopy of God's heart? Well, Chris, uh, Brother Lee did mention something in his sharing that I would like to help our listeners with. He said that Samuel was a Nazarite. You can see what a Nazarite is by looking at Numbers chapter 6. What a Nazarite is, a Nazarite is a priest but it's someone who voluntarily serves as a priest. He's not a priest by his physical birth. And Chris, if we're going to be today's priests who contact God, get infused with God, and minister God into God's people, we need a voluntary consecration to God. And again, we're always concerned on our radio program that our listeners are listening. You would even pray, Lord, I like to consecrate my life to you right now to be a real Nazarite. What is a Nazarite in number six? It's a person who, number one, is separated from everything natural. If you look at the Nazarite there, you know, he had to serve God even at the cost of his natural relationships. And we need to say, Lord, I want to be a spiritual person. You know, I want to be someone who 
lives by the Spirit, moves by the Spirit. I like to separate myself from everything natural to serve you absolutely. Another thing with a Nazarite is a Nazarite was separated from all worldly pleasure. A Nazarite wasn't allowed to drink anything of the vine, which signifies worldly, earthly pleasure. Uh What this means is that as Christians, we should tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to be my pleasure. I want you to be my entertainment. I want you to be my pure enjoyment every day. This separates us under the Lord for his purpose. Then a Nazarite was absolutely under God's headship. And we need to be those who pray, Lord, I like to be headed up by you. I want you to be the Lord in me. I want you to rule in me and reign in me. Even today, I want all my activities, all that I do, to be under your headship. See, the Lord can use a person like this. Finally, a Nazarite is someone who is separated from death. Uh, In number six, a Nazarite wasn't allowed to touch any dead thing, which means that as believers, we shouldn't be dead. Uh We have to be living. The church is the house of the living God, and we should pray in a daily way, Lord, fill me with yourself as life. I want to be filled with life, and I want to overflow with the divine life to others for your building. This is the kind of person, Chris, who is a photograph of God's heart and who is a duplication of God's heart. The Lord Jesus was such a Nazarite. Samuel, of course, was a Nazarite in the Old Testament, but we need to be one with the Lord to be today's Nazarites. I think it's very meaningful. It really is. Well, as we've talked before, we'll see in this coming portion, not only was Samuel a Nazarite and the first priest of this new priesthood, he became the prophet in Israel, meaning he was really the word of God to Israel. And even eventually the judge, he was the real proper judge of Israel also. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he will go before my anointed continually. Then in chapter 3, verse 1, And the boy Samuel ministered to Jehovah before Eli. Now the word of Jehovah was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of Jehovah. So that phrase, the word was rare, but the Lord found a prophet bringing his word back to the people. It's wonderful. Continues the beautiful picture, doesn't it? It does, Chris, and we need to be such people again. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee Ed. In chapter 7, I like it. There was a big change, a big turn. The preparations were on two sides. On the people's side, they returned to God. And on Samuel's side, he was grown up, perfected, equipped, and qualified, more than capable to do anything that's needed to turn the age for God's move on this earth. It's beautiful. So, in this kind of situation, Samuel was ministering as a priest, as a prophet, ministering also as a judge. You have to know, a judge by that time equals the king. The priest serving God. The prophet speaking for God. Still there's need for one to carry out the administration of God's government. The church, in the right order, should be like this. There should be the 
priesthood. There should be the prophethood. There should be the judgeship. Actually, this judgeship belongs to the priesthood. The priesthood includes two things, speaking for God and administrating instead of God. The two things. But that old ironic priesthood became waning. So God reserved a new priest, Samuel, and reserved a new judge, Samuel, plus a new prophet, Samuel. So Samuel now is in a threefold responsibility. Judge to act as God with this threefold responsibility. The priesthood, the prophethood, the judgeship, he is the acting God on this earth. Ed, he just listed these three items which we've touched on before. He was the first priest of the new priesthood. He was the prophet and the judge. Actually, in the written life study message, he lists a couple of additional items that support these, uh, doesn't he? Maybe you could talk about this whole picture of the characteristics of Samuel. Yeah, he does in the life study, Chris. And what we see with Samuel is that he ministered in five statuses. Firstly, he was a Nazarite. Second, he was a priest. Who is a priest? A priest is a person who serves God by contacting God. You know, right now, even as you and I are speaking to our listeners, we want to do everything by contacting God. And then in our contact with God, we get infused with God. And then we bring God to God's people and minister God into God's people. This is a priest. Then Samuel was a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, is not a person who merely predicts the future, although there is an element of that. Uh But it's a person who speaks for the Lord, who speaks the Lord into people. So we need to be, according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31, Paul says, you can all prophesy one by one. All of us need to be people who speak Christ into people. Then Samuel was a judge, and a judge is someone who administrates God's government on this earth. And Chris, all of us need to be those people who we reign in the divine life, and the Lord has a way to rule in us so that we can rule over Satan, sin, and death, and so that we can minister Christ to people to keep God's people in the way of life. Lastly, Samuel was a man of prayer. Wow. All these items are related to one another. We need to pray, Lord, make me a man of prayer. And Chris, one verse in Samuel is remarkable. This is 1 Samuel twelve twenty three. Samuel says, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. So we need to realize not to pray is a serious thing. Yeah. But just to pray for one another, pray for God's people, for God's move on the earth, this can make us people who turn the age. So these five statuses must be our experience today so that we can become the bride of Christ to bring Christ back. And uh, speaking of bringing in Christ, that is the last point we want to touch today related to Samuel. That as also the one who established the priesthood and brought forth David, he set forth the... Uh, line of David that would usher in and ultimately result in the first coming of Christ. So this is an inspiring portion. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Let's go back to Witness Lee. God commanded this one to anoint a young boy, David, to be God's chosen king on this earth. 
and to become the very crucial ancestor of Christ to bring Christ in. Christ coming to this earth was the greatest thing in the whole universe. Amen. Who brought Christ in? Simon brought in the very, very crucial ancestor of Christ, that was David. And David brought in his descendant. One of his descendants is Christ. And this is all what we need. Firstly, we are the members of Christ. Then we were the constituents of Christ's body, which is the church. And this is God's accomplishment of his eternal economy. So, firstly, to do this, God needs Samuel. God admitted to Jeremiah the Samuel like Moses. What Moses was, Samuel was also. You have to realize Moses was firstly God's priest. Secondly, God's prophet. In Deuteronomy 18, Moses tells us that he was God's prophet. Then he was God's judge to give the law. He did not only judge according to the law, he was the one through whom God gave the law. Not only so, Moses always prayed for God's people. And uh, Samuel did the same thing. Oh, Moses and Samuel, these two were the ones qualified in the priesthood, prophethood, and judgeship. And it's really interesting how he uh, highlighted here the parallel between Moses and Samuel. Of course, I think everyone on the earth knows who Moses is or was, but not that many people are familiar with Samuel, but a lot of similar characteristics, aren't there? Yes, Chris, and in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 1, the Lord puts Moses and Samuel together, you know, saying, even if they were here to stand before me, I would still have judged the Israelites at that time. But it shows that he considered Moses and Samuel on the same level. And Chris, I would just like to conclude in this way. Brother Lee, in a previous portion we listened to, he mentioned that through Samuel, God was able to be the acting God. And this is why we have the book of Acts. Yeah. What is the book of Acts? The book of Acts is a history of the acting God acting through the members of his body to build up the body and prepare the bride. Wow. And if we're going to be such people, we need to be duplications of Samuel, and our heart needs to be a duplication of God's heart. So, Chris, I would just like to conclude, you know, this last point about Samuel, he was a man of prayer. Let's pray to the Lord, Lord, make me a man of prayer. Even according to Acts 6-4, we need to give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of God's Word. Right. So if we can be a praying people in such a way, the Lord will have a way to turn the age. Ed, through Samuel, bringing in these new elements, the priesthood, prophethood, and the judgeship and kingship, David comes forth, ultimately Christ comes out. This kind of Samuel, this sort of person matching God's heart, brings forth Christ in their age. And this is what God is seeking. And uh, in a very real sense, as the members of his body, 
the prospect for us being this duplication of his heart on earth is very real before us. And that should be what I think propels us to pray these kinds of prayers. Lord, make me a man of prayer with a heart that matches you, that Christ could be brought forth and even that Christ could come again a second time. Exactly, Chris. Samuel ushered in Christ the first time. You know, and if we're today's corporate Samuel, we can bring him back a second time. You have a rare ability to take the messages we hear and uh, give them an application that is very practical and down to earth with handles on it where we are. And so uh, I always look forward to your being with us. Hope you're able to join us many times for this life study. Yeah, Chris, I'm really looking forward to the next broadcast. Chris, this is very priceless. And Chris, also, I'd like to encourage our listeners to get the printed message. It is just so priceless full of verses from the scripture that you can study and look up and that can revolutionize your Christian life. You've done the announcement. All I need to do is give the phone number, Ed, so I'll do that. Toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788 if you'd like to find out about how to receive the printed life study of 1st and 2nd Samuel. For Ed Marks, I'm Chris Weil. Thank you for listening today. Do you want to know the deeper truths of the Bible? Wish you could attend a Bible study, but just don't have the time? Well, if you enjoyed this program, then we invite you to visit our website at lsmradio.com. From there, you'll find programs on every book of the Bible and all free of charge. These programs will not only give you a more profound understanding of the scriptures, but also refresh and revitalize your daily Christian walk. From our website, you can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or subscribe to the podcast. Again, all free of charge. Once more, that website, lsmradio.com. Thanks again for listening.